Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome, everyone, to the inaugural episode of Locked on Bulls, a new Bulls podcast with your host, Cody Westerlin of 670 The Score Radio and CBS Chicago, and Sean Hyken as well of Bleacher Report and Pro Basketball Talk. And we hope to brand ourselves as some sort of voice of reason for the Bulls, who have been uh, up and down the last few years, obviously. But we are here to talk Bulls on as much as we can in the offseason, on a near daily basis in the regular season. And we're excited. We have our own podcast. And until you have your own podcast, you're not a big deal. So we're officially a big deal now, and we're kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, this, this is just, I mean, we're official now. I mean, I put it up as a Twitter tease. We've already picked up like 75 followers just off of a couple of tweets promoting it. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to be at Bill Simmons' level in no time. Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen someday. But uh, the big news with the Bulls, obviously, right now is the NBA draft is approaching Thursday. It is one of the high times of the year for trade rumors, uh, speculation, and a day to make moves. If not on the trade market, at least in the draft, the Bulls hold the 14th and 48th picks in the draft, one first-rounder, one second-rounder. But the interesting part right now is last Friday, ESPN.com reported the Knicks had had internal discussions about trading for Derrick Rose, which is telling because there's been a lot of chatter about the Bulls being open to moving Rose, and they said that in their season-ending news conference that everything's on the table, but we hadn't had a specific team yet uh, be tied to the Bulls. So this is a first one. And just what was your reaction or initial thoughts, Sean, when you heard that? Well, I thought it was interesting because this is, like you said, this is the first time we've actually heard a report from a reputable outlet that another team was actually interested in trading for Derrick Rose, who has basically no trade value on the market at this point. Uh, I think it makes sense because the Knicks are one of the few teams in the league that really just doesn't have a long-term solution at point guard, they yeah. just drafted uh, Jerry and Grant last year, and I think they like him long-term, but he didn't really play that much last year. And their other main point guards that got minutes last year were Jose Calderon and Sasha Vujicic, both of whom haven't been good since, like, 2010 or 2011. So it's one that I could see, but I also just don't really see it being worth the Bulls' while to trade him if you're not getting something back, and I just don't see them getting anything back of value. Yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, the Bulls, I don't want to... I wouldn't say really high on Jerry and Grant, but he was on their radar uh, last year in the draft, was taken before uh, Bobby Portis fell to them. They were looking at taking point guards in the 2015 draft, no doubt, and I think there was a run of five or six. Yeah, Delon in- Wright, Tyus Jones, those are guys that we've kind of had heard linked to them over the you know over the month leading up to last year's draft and then when Bobby Portis dropped they had him projected as a lottery talent so they kind of had to take him at that point yeah so it, it didn't seem it wouldn't make sense to me that the Knicks want to give up on Jerry and Grant already and Rose carries a 21.3 million dollar cap hit for 2016-17 which isn't a huge concern with the salary cap going up teams have to spend a lot of money but it is still a factor in moving there and the other thing the funny part is the Knicks don't have any draft picks in this draft as we sit 
because they've traded him away in other past deals that probably weren't the wisest thing. So there's not a lot of assets there uh, on the Knicks end. Now, if you're the Bulls, the uh, benefit of moving Rose would obviously be opening up a little bit more playing time for a youngster that you draft or trade for. You could put the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands a little more. And there is the subplot of Derek and Jimmy, no doubt, dating back to last year. I mean, Jimmy would make some subtle veiled comments at times that really make you shook your, shake your head. And uh, I believe one of them was around a late season game at Milwaukee. Jimmy made the comments. Uh, he had a ter- terrific, brilliant floor game. And he made the comments about uh, it's not that hard to play point guard. You just kind of read the defense and react, which is kind of a little bit of a loaded comment in a way because at times the Bulls did struggle at point guard. Derrick Rose didn't bring the consistency they wanted on the night-to-night basis. And part of that's on Jimmy and the coaching staff too, that none of them were ever on the same page. So how likely do you think it is that Rose could get moved on draft night, Sean? I think if they can get anything of value back for him, I don't think they're going to just give him away just for the sake of giving him away because you have to think about two things. One, really the main benefit of trading him would be to open up some more cap space. And the Bulls aren't exactly a destination for big free agents. So I don't know what, you know, cap space sounds great on paper, but you have to have a plan for what to do with that cap space. And you're either going to overpay for somebody on this market, and this is kind of a weak free agency class. The other thing is you have to, you would want to get something back of value. Yeah, I don't see the Bulls uh, getting rid of Derrick Rose for like a second round draft pick. The optics of that would be really awkward for the hometown hero guy. And I know he's been through so much, but that just would seem a little odd to me. Uh, I also think there's some value in him entering a contract year and maybe being really motivated to play well and going a little bit harder on both ends of the court and then working his trade value up. And then maybe the Bulls can evaluate themselves and know what they are more towards the next trade deadline. Uh, That said, the Bulls have obviously been active on trade nights before. I don't know that they've made a move quite as high profile as trading a former MVP like Rose. But uh, two years ago, Doug McDermott... They obviously got Nico Miritich in 2011 with some draft night maneuvering. You date back farther to the Lamarcus Aldridge, Tyrus Thomas deal in the uh, earlier in the 2000s. So 2010, this, they gave away a pick basically to get rid of Kirk Heinrich's contract so that absolutely. they could uh, try to go after LeBron and Bosch in that free agent summer. The thing about Rose to me is that you know he made those comments at Media Day last year about being really you know motivated to get a new contract when his contract is up with the salary cap going up the way it is. He needs to have a really good year for that to happen because there aren't a lot of teams. We were looking at this before we started recording. The point guard position is so deep right now. There's only a handful of teams that don't have a long-term solution at point guard. And so any team that has a point guard isn't really going to want to pay Derrick Rose 20 or $25 million a year, the kind of contract that he wants to get. And so he needs to have a great year in order to get that money. And so if he's going to have a, you know, a highly motivated contract year, wouldn't it be in the Bulls' best interest to have that while he's on their team and not after they trade him away for nothing? Certainly. And right now the market to me seems to favor a team like the Knicks in that dealing just because there are so few teams that could use Derrick Rose. There's a lot of good young point guards in the NBA, but some of the teams you look at the the Brooklyn Nets are a team that badly need a point guard, but they also just got a GM who has uh, experience and background with the Spurs. So you'd think he'd be maybe a little bit hesitant or, or really seeing the big picture and buying into the youngsters right. on if this the was, team. If this was still Billy King running the Nets, we would be talking about, you know, he might be willing to give Derrick Rose a max contract or trade away an actual future asset like a pick or a young prospect for him just because he's a name, because that's the kind of thing the Nets used to do. But you know that you know a, a guy with Sean Marks' reputation is a guy coming from the Spurs system, and then they hired a coach like Kenny Atkinson, who's more of a player development guy. 
and not really much of a win-now guy. So I don't think they're going to be giving up a lot for Derrick Rose anymore, either, even though they're one of the only teams that really needs a point guard badly. And certainly, you look, the other team we were bringing up was the uh, Pelicans, just because they were devastated by injuries last uh-huh. year. Perhaps you could see that, but again, they have a lot of good young players. I shouldn't say good young players. A lot of unproven young players, or kind of even scrap heap guys that stepped up and had some moments, but there's nothing in that return from New Orleans that would suggest it being worthwhile for the Bulls at the current market rate. Unless they want to, you know, do a swap of injury-prone point guards and maybe throw in a guy like a Drew Holiday and say, you know, we we don't know if this is our guy long-term. We want to just kind of try something else, and the Bulls can take a one-year flyer on him, and then uh, the, the Pelicans can have Derrick Rose, who, again, is a name. He'll get some people excited, and he's also a Chicago guy just like Anthony Davis, so they can have that kind of... Uh, dynamic there, but I I just don't see a fit for a Derrick Rose trade. The Knicks' rumor is interesting just because they're one of the only teams that could really use him, but I just don't, they don't have anything that, A, they would trade, because if the Bulls could somehow talk them into giving up Jerry and Grant in a trade, you do that in a heartbeat, because he's a young prospect, he's on a cheap contract, he might still be good, but I don't see any reason for the Knicks to do that, so I just don't really see a trade there that's workable, that's yeah. worth the Bulls' while. And it brings up to how other teams view Derrick Rose, who at 27 years old has had so many injuries uh, here, and did play 66 games last year, which was the most he had played since his MVP season. He had some ups, he had some downs, he, he played better later in the year, really struggled to finish at the rim early in the year, and it does bring up a point that one of our Twitter followers, and you can follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnBulls, uh, also at Hyken, and at Cody Westerlin, but Kyle on Twitter asked about Tim Grover's uh, comments recently, about a month ago, I think he made them. And Tim Grover is a very, very, very highly respected and acclaimed trainer. Who's Michael Jordan's with trainer. Michael Wayne Jordan. Trainer. Uh, Kobe Bryant, I believe. And he's a real smart guy, respected voice around the NBA. He said that he still thinks Rose can get back to a higher level of play. He didn't say elite. He's not saying MVP, not saying all-star. But he really thought he could blossom... Uh, as a player and improve moving forward if he could get some of his vertical explosiveness back. And Grover basically said he's not certain what that plan is, but it would be tailored just for Derrick Rose as opposed to a bigger picture team-wide thing and that he'd be really hands-on in that potential scenario, whether it's him or another trainer. So he made the point Derrick Rose still has horizontal explosion. He can still beat guys off the dribble. It's elevating it the whole time and again on a consistent basis against big guys, uh, against guys trying to block his shot that has really been a struggle for him last year and even the year before uh, when he had the meniscus surgery as well. So the question is how do other teams view him and I don't think they're going to want to overpay too much for him and we know the Bulls probably still highly view or view Derrick Rose in a better light than other teams do because that's kind of a tradition for this run office. Well, right, there's that, there's that, but they also just in terms of just like, you know, his contract situation being what it is and also just the this, you know, the the narrative of him being a Chicago guy. I think he's more valuable to the Bulls than he would be for any other team. The other thing is you know, let's say the Bulls draft a point guard in this in this draft. Let's say they draft like a Demetrius Jackson. Yeah, and or they've a, also been tied to Wade, Wade Baldwin, Baldwin of Vanderbilt. You're, um, you're, you're asking, if they're going to try to get back into the playoffs, you're asking a rookie point guard to come in and start right away. Even, for Derrick Rose, for as inconsistent as he's been the last couple of years, you at least want a guy who has that experience, who's been there before, who's been to the playoffs before, who knows this coach, knows this roster. Uh, I, I still think that Rose can play well under Fred Hoiberg. If you look at, I was looking at some of the NBA's uh, shot, 
distribution data earlier today when when I was uh, thinking about this. And in 2014-15, the last year under Tom Thibodeau, Derrick Rose took 32% of his total field goal attempts as three-pointers, which is not something you really want because he shot about 27% on threes that year. Absolutely. Last season, only 14% of his shot attempts were three-pointers, which, you know, the fact that he's taking fewer three-pointers, he's getting to the rim more. And, you know, after Christmas, his... You know, he's, he started finishing at the rim more consistently. Still not great, when, you know, compared to league average, but better than he was at the beginning of the season when he was yeah. one of the worst players in the league. I think there's hope. Not that he would can get back to being the MVP level Derrick Rose from 2011, because I think that ship is sailed. tonight Right, player. just be a consistent contributor and a guy that, you know, it can be reliable enough that he can be your starting and, point guard in an okay team. And that's the hardest part, I think, for Fred Hoiberg basketball-wise, uh-huh. is not knowing what he'll get out of Derrick Rose on a night-to-night basis. Because, in and there's so many subplots to this, so many angles, because that does have to do with how well... Jimmy and Derek can play and be a cohesive unit, two-man game out there on the basketball floor. But when you're a coach, you know you're going to get, I mean, Jimmy, close to 22 points a night, really big effort. He can go to the hoop, uh, regularly get fouled. But Derek had it some nights, and he didn't other nights. And that makes it so difficult to game plan. So that's all the Bulls are asking for, I think, realistically, with expectations for Derek Rose, is just be there every night and bring the intensity on both ends of the floor. And we know John Paxton said at the season-ending press conference that Derek has to get better at defense. He wasn't pleased with that. So in today's NBA, because there are so many uh, good young point guards, the offense is going off the dribble, creating space and pace systems, uh, you have to have more from your point guard. So that's the subplot behind it. That's what other teams have to weigh. And that's why I don't know that he'll be moved on draft night, even though there is a lot of chatter. Now, Jimmy Butler, obviously, is the other one we have some chatter with. Yeah. And if we round back, the Timberwolves, obviously, uh, have been tied to him last week, um, saying they'd make the number five pick available and some young players. Obviously, what do you think the chances of that are? I would say it's unlikely for a number of reasons. First of all, just the history between Tom Thibodeau, who's now the head coach and president of basketball operations in Minnesota, and, you know, with the way that things ended between him and the Bulls, there's still a lot of animosity and a lot of bad blood there. I can't really see the Bulls' front office swallowing the idea of trading with him. And the other thing is, I just don't know if there's a package that both sides are going to find acceptable. Because I think the way that conversation is going to go is Tom is going to call the Bulls up and say, uh, we, you know... We, will it be Tom? That's, that's another interesting... Right, thing. would it be Tom or would it be Scott Layden? But, like, somebody from the Minnesota front office is going to call up Gar and, and Pax and say, you know, we have, we want Jimmy Butler, we're going to make the number five pick available as, as the centerpiece for the package. The Bulls are going to ask for Wiggins. The Timberwolves are going to say no way, as they should. And that's going to probably be the end of the conversation. Yeah, and I don't know, as a, as a uh, aside here, if there'd ever be a trade conversation in which the minute details and logistics of, I'd be more interested in just seeing who's doing the calling, what are they saying, like... If, if anyone wants to tap some phone lines, that would be the one to do in the that NBA the, circles. Unlike I think. some other phone lines that have been tapped. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So um, it would be very uh, interesting to see how that would go. But yeah, uh, part of the reason I think that's gained a little traction is because Casey Johnson, the Tribune, has reported uh, multiple times the Bulls are very intrigued by Providence guard Chris Dunn. Who um, is probably going to be available at the at, number five. At number five pick. So that I think that'd be kind of the thought process behind it. And the Boston Celtics are always in the mix of trade speculation because they have so many uh, good young players who are at least promising if they're not proven yet. Right. They have so many 
uh, draft picks as assets. So uh, I would definitely expect that to be a theme on draft night and moving forward throughout the season as well. Because, I mean, the Celtics are at a point where they have to make a move just to get rid of some players or they're going to be over the roster limit of guys they actually care about. So I don't know, is there any trade that matches up there? They obviously want Jimmy Butler. The Bulls, I mean, most of the signs and indications from the Bulls sending Jimmy Butler to the NBA draft lottery to be the face of the franchise indicates the Bulls are still want to build around Jimmy. And I think that's the smartest thing to do. It is difficult to have a homegrown talent and what have we said before, probably a top 20 NBA player is what Jimmy is. And that's a starting point, at least. Right, and you know, depending on who you do, because this is kind of a, this is a two-player draft, and the Celtics have the third pick. So even if the Bulls were to take a guy like Chris Dunn, there's no guarantee that Chris Dunn is ever going to be as good as Jimmy Butler is right now. I mean, it's possible, but I just uh, you, 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 Jimmy Butler is a sure thing, and he's the only real sure thing that the Bulls even have on the roster right now. And then you know, some of the other guys, the, the Celtics could offer some nice pieces like Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, who's on a really good contract. Jay Crowder, in particular, I think is a guy that would have to be included in that deal. But Jay Crowder is a nice secondary piece. He's not a guy that you build around as one of your centerpieces. Jay Crowder isn't scoring 40-some points in the second half at Toronto to win you a game, for example. And I think through all, as, as terrible as it was at times for the Bulls, this past season, Jimmy Butler did single-handedly bail them out of some games, or it could have been uglier. And I think you need to keep that in mind. when You, you have the upper hand if you're the Bulls, because you have the $1 bill, and you're looking to trade for a bunch of coins. I think that's an old Bill Simmons reference. Yeah. But you have to be really careful in that scenario and get a lot back because you can really set yourself back. And I do understand uh, the cloud hovering over this of just needing some change. Mm-hmm. And that's completely a fine point. I think you can still find that change through the free agent market, through an infusion of a good young talent in the draft, heading into the trade deadline next year, and just getting along better, I think, internally and respecting the coach's voice and, and finding some things. So I, I just would say don't overreact to a Jimmy Butler trade and do it for the sake of doing it. I think you have to really love the players you're getting back, not just love the idea of change. Do you follow the same path at all? Yeah, I would agree. And the other thing is that there's really no rush to do this. Jimmy is under contract for three more years at a deal that was a max deal when he signed it, but with the salary cap point. going up the way it's going to go up over the next two seasons. His deal is basically, like, he might be making less on his current deal than Evan Turner or Kent Bazemore is going to be making on the free agent market. Is like, And he's under contract for three more years, so it's not a Kevin Love in Minnesota situation or a Chris Paul in New Orleans situation where you know he's going to opt out this year, you know he's not going to re-sign, so you have to get whatever you can from The Bulls are in no rush to trade him unless they get the right deal. Now, they actually have been making moves lately. They made a they, actual they trade. on Friday. They made a trade. trade in the middle of the morning. A real trade. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is your newest Chicago Bull. He's played two years in the NBA, I believe, out of Colorado. In Detroit. And for the Pistons, and the Bulls sent Cam Berstow, uh back to the Pistons. So a really minor, low-profile deal. Uh, it's basically a free flyer, a free sure. look for both uh, teams. I believe late July, Cam Berstow's contract was going to become guaranteed. Spencer Dinwiddie has... Uh, some money that becomes guaranteed in November. So the Bulls have until then 
to take a look at them, whether that's summer league, practices, training camp, right. um, kind of any element they want to look at him. Uh, but he, he's been a little-used player because he has had some injuries, uh, about 2.3 points a game. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's he a, played 12 games last year. He spent some yeah. time in the D-League. Yeah. He's not a guy, He's not the kind of guy that you expect to go in there and be a rotation player. Yeah. But, he, you know, he was, I think, I think the buzz on him, because it wasn't just that he's had injury problems during his NBA career. He had a torn ACL in college. Yeah, in he his was, senior year. He was projected point, perhaps as a first-round pick. At one point, he was thought ACL of as a lottery team. talent, but it just, you know, because of the injuries, and the ACL is a big one for a point guard, as we've obviously seen so here with in, Derek So, in a different light, maybe, it's kind of like the Cristiano Felicio signing last yeah. year, where maybe uh, he really breaks through, and you like him, and if he does, he's on a cheap deal. And if he and doesn't, you then know, you take a one-year flyer, and he's I mean, the thing we know for sure is that Cameron Bearstow is not an NBA player. Yeah. So they're not going to... They're, they're was, giving that up in that trade is not going to hurt them at Yeah, all. there was no value there any longer. And I think the Bulls are looking for a little bit more of an edge, some competitiveness. I have no idea yet if Spencer Dinwiddie can provide that. I don't know that the Bulls know that. That's what they want to find out. But at least you try to mix it up a tad, and maybe he brings a little bit more of an edge or something and help you out a little bit. So, And I do I, have to give this front office credit, Cody. They've done a good job over the last couple of years of just kind of improving on the margin, just make, you know, nailing. Yeah. You, can, you can say, you know, maybe they shouldn't have done, you know, maybe made this trade or not made this trade in terms of, like, the Pau Gasol opportunity that they had at the, uh, at the uh, trade deadline that they ended up not going with. You can question whether that was the right move. But in terms of the really small stuff, you yeah, know, they, they traded the Kirk, they, basically Justin Holiday, Justin who they Holliday. got basically for nothing. They cut some salary to get Kirk Heinrich off the books. Uh, and Justin Holiday, I don't think Justin Holiday's a starter in the NBA, but I think he's at least a rotation player. And then Cristiano Felicio, who they signed basically out of, he was on their summer league team, and they basically signed him to a training camp deal right in July. And he, by the end of the season, he emerged as an actual contributor in the team, and I think he can be an NBA rotation big man. Yeah, they could be looking at, uh, I think they'll sign a free agent, uh, center in free agency, obviously. You don't want Cristiano Felicio starting for you. Now, uh, but he had some flashes. I think... He could perhaps be a guy that gives you 15 minutes a game, good defense uh, in the pick-and-roll game off the bench. I think that would be a realistic expectation in my mind. Yeah, and on, on that note, we got a, a Twitter question from Martin. And he asked, you know, assuming Joakim Noah walks, and we'll talk about that in a second, who are some free agent centers they could go after? Now, I don't want to get too deep into this right now because between the after the draft and before July 1st, we're going to have a whole episode where we just go yeah, into... Yeah, and we'll know more depending on who the Bulls take right, on draft we're gonna, night. We're going we're we're gonna gonna to have, have a whole episode just going into what they do in free agency, but you know, I figure that's a good opportunity to address some comments that Joakim Noah made uh, about a week ago to Sportando, which is a site that covers a lot of international basketball. He made these comments when he was at uh, Eurocamp in Italy, which is an event that Adidas puts on, and he basically said that this year did not go well for him and he wasn't happy with his minutes and he's going to consider every offer that's on the table for him but and I mean that just makes me think I kind of thought about this anyway that this was what was going to happen but I would be very surprised if Joakim Noah was back with the Bulls next season yeah we've both written about this if you're going to make change and you're the Bulls front office I think moving away from Joakim Noah as much as he's meant to the city and no one has meant as much to the city as him in the past few years. He willed them into the playoffs a few times when Derrick Rose was hurt and just winning some playoff series. Uh, I think you need to move away from him, though, to kind of change it up a little bit. I don't think he fits Fred Hoiberg's system very well. And if you're going to come out after the season and support your coach, if you're going to build around Jimmy Butler, uh, there have been reports that Jimmy and Joakim didn't see eye-to-eye. I just think it makes more sense to move away from Joe, look elsewhere, 
in free agency. Hope the Cristiano Felicio can give you those backup minutes at center. Um, anyone you're eyeing in free agency, Sean, for the Bulls that might make sense? Uh, just real quick. I mean, assuming that you know a guy like Hassan Whiteside is out of their price range, or they might you know view Dwight Howard as too much of an injury risk. Somebody like Jan Mahimi, I think, would make some sense, or Zaza Pachulia. There are some decent options on the secondary market, like uh, like outside of the Al Horford tier of you know guys that they're probably the not Dwight Howard, get. right? Al Horford, Dwight Howard, Hassan Whiteside. Outside of those guys, you know, a guy like Jan Mahimi from Indiana, I think he'd make some sense. Zaza Pachulia, like they're. There are guys that they could get that they could probably sign for lower than max. Biombo might be pushing the limits of their price range, especially after and, the performance he had in the playoffs against. Yeah, and the Bulls will be wary too of adding too much uh, salary past 2017 because that's another big year for them. Where the Bulls are currently in the 2017 offseason when Derrick Rose's contract comes off the books, if he was still on the team for this entire season, yeah. are looking at maybe two max slots on a deeper free agent class. And we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but that's just things. Uh, they obviously have to consider moving forward. Uh, more to the point, I do think there are some other offseason uh, kind of subplots to watch for the Bulls. We did get another Twitter question from DRJK4. Will Nico Miritich ever be a starting caliber, consistent NBA power forward? And if so, is that going to be for the Bulls in the near future? Not if they're going to be a title team, <laughs> which I don't think they're going to be anytime soon. You know, I I still think the jury's out on Miritich. I legitimately have no idea if he is just what he is right now or if he can get better. He's such a streaky shooter. You know, he and he he isn't good enough defensively. I mean, he tries hard defensively, but like he if he's if his shot isn't falling, you, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He's, he doesn't really contribute in a lot of other ways. He's not a, as good of a passer as some other stretch forwards like a Kevin Love are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a, a completely healthy season for him because he obviously had the two surgeries last year, the complications. Uh, stemming, stemming from the first one and lost, I think, 20, 25 pounds. Uh, kind of really another ugly dark cloud hanging over the Bulls' medical history. But Nico, I, I think he has the right attitude. I think he's under the right coach in Fred Hoiberg, but he's still got to do it. And, I mean, he's kind of in the Derrick Rose boat uh, when you reference Hoiberg. They need him to be consistent from night to night. The Bulls just didn't have enough guys that last year brought it consistently on both ends last year, and he's another guy that needs to prove that. The thing that's another interesting thing to watch is Nico is also coming up on a contract year. He has he signed a three-year deal, basically at the mid-level exception. He's going to be restricted free. And so in 2017, the Bulls are going to be able to match any offer that he gets from another team. But he's still, you know, he's making about 5 or $6 million right now. And considering where the salary cap is going to be, if he has a good year next, uh, this season, you know, he's in for maybe a huge pay raise. And so I think he's going to, just like Derrick Rose, he's going to be motivated to have a really good year. So it's going to be worth at least, you know, giving him a lot of minutes and just seeing what you have. Yeah, and I think we'll get a chance to ask Gar Foreman and Fred Hoiberg some of these questions. They'll meet with the media on Thursday night after the draft. Uh, they'll probably have an introductory press conference, too, for the draft pick next week sometime. And we'll try to check in on guys like Nico, maybe what they expect, how they fit in, uh, considering who they draft and who they're going to chase in free agency. Because, I mean, I think we can agree this is a big several-week stretch for the Bulls it from is. now and through the first 9, 10 days of July, really. Yeah, absolutely. And then even going later into July, you know, you're going to see guys, you know, whoever they draft in the first round is going to be on their summer league team. Chris Felicio is going to be on their summer league team. Bobby Portis is going to be on their summer league team. And I'm going to be in Vegas for part of that summer league. So I'm going to get a close up look at, you know, what those guys are, you know, see where their heads are at right now. That's going to be something worth monitoring. And then uh, I have one more question that I want to get to from a from a listener that I thought was real interesting that he emailed me. This is from somebody named TSN who emailed LockedOnBulls at gmail.com, which you should do if you're wanting to ask us questions. 
is there a chance that the Bulls could get additional picks in this draft by trading guys like Taj Gibson, Nico Miritich, or Mike Dunleavy? I mean, probably maybe like a second round or a protected first. I can't see Teams getting much. really, really value their first round picks nowadays because the rookie scale contracts are so darn favorable in this cap situation. And when you're looking at a free agency where guys like Bismarck Biombo could be getting, what, $15 million a year, Evan even Turner. more, uh, maybe than that, you're looking at that and then you see these rookies are making a couple million and they're just as good of players or close, like 90% of the production from some of these other guys. So the price or just the value of first-round picks has gone up. So I would find it very difficult for anyone on the Bulls roster to get a first-rounder for other than Jimmy Butler uh, in any move. Now, you could see something on the margin on the fringe if they really like someone in the second round, uh, a low-profile move. But again, I think Taj is a guy who I, he might lead the NBA uh, be first in NBA history in trade rumors included in without actually ever being moved. That was the Rajon Rondo award until Rondo actually did get traded to Dallas for Boston. Honestly, and this is you know something we can have a more in-depth discussion of, but if they have cap space left over after they do whatever they do in free agency, I honestly wouldn't be opposed to doing something with Taj if they want to keep him around like what Denver did uh, last summer with Danilo Gallinari and Wilson Chandler where they used their cap space to give him a little bit of raise and sign him to an extension. Yeah, and I mean, Taj has meant so much to this team, too, and played through so many injuries. And they like Taj, but at the same time, he is also, I think, representative of a guy you'd have to be willing to part with if uh-huh. you're going to go a different direction. So he'll find his name in those trade rumors again. Could find his name in trade rumors Thursday night and as we move forward here in free agency. But we will be back um, soon enough. We're going to have an episode, I think, later this week where we look at some prospects that the Bulls might draft. We're going to do that in a couple of days. Absolutely, and we'll have a busy NBA draft, and we'll have a free agency primer coming up for you. But uh, as always, if you're interested in purchasing any sort of ad spot with us, feel free to email LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Email us with questions, anything you got, hit us up on Twitter. But we appreciate your time, and we will be back soon enough. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.